Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. I have in the studio with me Mike Blaine, who is our van driver and been at the mission for about the last 18 years, 18 and a half years. As a matter of fact, he went through the program. He was interning, and when I came on 17 years ago in July, I, that's when I will be 17 years there, uh, he was still interning, and I hired him. He worked in the warehouse, and then he took over for the van driver when our van driver retired, and he's been doing all the driving in that van ever since. I sure have. Hi, Sacramento. And uh, Michael, if you have, if uh, if you guys have had us go and pick anything up, the chances are pretty good it was Michael that uh, that came out and did it. Yeah, it's a joy too. You meet some very nice people. And and then you meet Mike. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not true at all. Uh, he's he's a wonderful guy, and I. I count him as not only an employee but and a brother in Christ, but he's a friend as well. So uh, I like to give him a hard time because, well, he, he needs it. But uh, so, Michael, you know, before we get started on what you do and any of the interesting things that have happened to you, you came to the mission, uh, like I said, about 18 and a half, 19 years ago, right? Yeah, quite a while, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, you have done a lot of interesting things in your life. I know that you you worked on a ranch with, and you have I, been a lumberjack and <laughs> a lumberjack. Yeah, a logger, a logger. He's yeah, he's uh, he's been a he's been a log. Er. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I started uh, one of the most interesting things and historical things was. Uh, the, the working in Alaska on the pipeline. That, yeah, that, that is was, cool. Uh, I was just a young young man back in those days. And, uh, and yeah. That was during the original gold rush. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but it, it was actually, it was, a, well, first just going to Alaska as a young kid, uh, that was a that was a big thrill. And, and just overwhelming beauty and majesty. God, you know, he didn't, he didn't back off when he started laying out Alaska. He really poured it on, and uh, just the grandeur of the place, you know, is is well worth the trip for anybody that wants to go out there. And the fishing's pretty good too. <laughs> well, you know what, uh, Michael, you have done a lot of things in your life, but I guess, and I know that you have always said you were never homeless, but your home happened to be the park. Yeah. <laughs> but what led you to no longer? having a home and all those type of things. How did I? Well, I, I was married to a wonderful woman, a school teacher, and we have a, a daughter who is now a police officer, um, and the drinking. Uh, bottom line, uh, I, I was logging at the time, and, and uh, loggers, uh, you may not know this, they they like to drink a little beer afterward, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So uh, the marriage fell apart, and from that point, it was it was kind of a downhill 
thing. I lived in Humboldt County out in the middle of nowhere, and, and uh, drugs uh, got involved there. Not that alcohol isn't a drug. Of course it is. But, uh, yeah, I got involved in, in drugs, and, uh, yeah, that, that, that's what led to my, my slow fall and uh, yeah. wound up, like you said, uh, out on the street. It took a few years, but... Uh, next Usually thing, does. Yeah, but there I was, uh, out on the street. And, you know, in the beginning, it, it you know, it was a little different. But after a while, um, living on the street, living as a homeless person, just was just normal. It just became normal. Um, I knew where to go to get food and where to go to maybe get a little scrap metal to make a little money. And, uh, yeah, it just day to day, it just became, that's a normal life, you know. Um, I've described it as a as an indoor dog that you put in the backyard and <laughs> he scratches at the window at first and once in. But after a while, he's happy out there. He just you know, wags his tail a lot when you walk out and say hi to him. So, Well, you know, Michael, too, is unusual in the respect that so many times we have this idea that a homeless guy is out there, he's sitting with a cardboard sign beside the freeway or on-ramp and saying, hey, we'll work for food, and we know generally they won't. Right, right. Or they have some other thing that they're saying, I'm just, you know, I'm hungry, it always strikes me odd when I know what is around our area and I see those signs and I know doggone well there's nobody that's out on the street that needs to be unfed. Right. There's, I mean, the, the services in Sacramento especially. Are pretty abundant. Yeah, yeah, they're overly abundant. Um, yeah, and really, you know, we get to a point where we do so many things like that without any kind of accountability that we really add to the problem. That's why when you donate to the Union Gospel Mission, we have rules, we have regulations, because we really want, don't want to just alleviate their temporary situation, we want them to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and not only come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, but that change in that transformation causes a person to want to give back, to be productive, to be all those things. And so Michael, on the other hand, was never unproductive. Uh, you worked. I, I worked. I, uh, yeah, I, course I did but uh, my problem was by then I was you know a drug addict sure. and so the money went to you know one party after another and and uh, that's no kind of way to live um, the mission uh, I didn't want to come to the mission you you know my I story do. I uh, I had been in and out of uh, jail and and other rehabs and uh, I had finished, completed a, a rehab, and my probation officer uh, told me, look, you're doing real good. Uh, you don't even need to come in and see me. If you have a problem, of course, come on in. But, well, uh, unfortunately, that, that little bit of freedom uh, led to another, well, and I'm not going to say unfortunate. I should say fortunately. Uh, that led, that freedom <laughs> led to my moving up to Sacramento, back to Sacramento. I was in Woodland at the time. 
And um, my probation officer had gotten a new job, a better job, and the guy that filled his shoes went to my last known address. I had moved to Sacramento. Uh, apparently, you have to tell them when you move. Yeah, they, they appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> they sure do. And, and uh, they, they put a warrant out for me. I didn't know that. I had no idea. And, and uh, it had been like a year, a year and a half since I had spoke to an officer of the law. And I was at a Shell station right outside the park where I lived, drinking a cup of coffee at 11 o'clock at night. And a couple of officers rolled in, asked my name. I told them because I knew I hadn't any problem. And uh, talking with one guy about the fishing and this and that. And next thing I know, Mr. Blaine, uh, interlock your fingers, turn around, you're under arrest, and I had no idea what for. <laughs> um, I'm telling them, oh, it's got to be a mistake, and oh, no, well, off we go. A few days in jail, and then I got to, to court, and, uh, of course, the judge knew me, and Blaine, what are you doing back here? And I don't know, and, and so he looking over the, the report, and he said, looks to me like you need another drug rehab. And I said, ho, 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 I didn't get busted with any kind of drugs, Your Honor. He said, would you rather just go back to jail and think about it for a day or two? And I said, no, no, let's, let's, let's go ahead and talk about this rehab. And uh, so he gave me 30 days to get in a rehab. Uh, bless his heart. He probably saved my life. Um but if you give a drug addict 30 days to do something, uh, it'll take 30 days if it takes if it gets done at all. Yeah. And uh, I was running out of time. I was going to do a little rehab, a 90-day wonder program that a friend of mine was going to bump me to the top of the list. And I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even do a couple of meetings a week to satisfy uh, his, his demand. And a friend of mine was at the mission. And he said, Mike, why don't you come in here? Stay for a week and then tell this other person they the reason you couldn't make the meetings is uh, you were you were in a program. Yeah, <laughs> and that sounded sense. pretty good to me. So uh, so I I did and took me three days to get into the mission. They they I think they were testing me uh, to see if I was sincere. Mm -hmm. And uh, I finally got in. I was sweating bullets by then because I only had a couple of days left to be before the judge. Uh, but I got in, and uh, my my intent was stay a week and leave. Well, um, a week turned into two, and two into three, and then I'm saying, man, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, it, the mission was a year long program, and and uh, I I was a homeless man, but I I had big things to do. Sure, you did. <laughs> um, so what had happened? I, I had decided I'm gonna leave, and I worked on the van that I now drive, but I worked as a van helper. And uh, the next day I was going to thank everybody for all the, the wonderful things they had done for me and leave the mission on good terms. Uh, but that night, the church that, that showed up, we have a, a church come in every single night of the year and, and bring God's word to, to the homeless and, and to all any guests that comes in. And, and they were talking about trust. And not just trusting God, but trusting other people. Well, for a homeless man of 11 years, you don't, you don't trust uh, even your best of friends. And uh, I went to bed that night, and I'm thinking, well, who are these people here to, to teach me and instruct me when to get up and go to bed? And 
And I, I just can't, who are they to be my guides? Who's this counselor giving me guidance, you know? And, and uh, I'm praying to God for the first time other than God, I'm sorry. You know, God, I'm sorry I did this or that. But I'm praying, man, who are these people to, to, to do, do what they were doing? And, and every time I tried to go to sleep, it would come up again. Who were they to teach and guide me and instruct exactly. me? Exactly. And uh, I finally fell asleep. I get up the next morning. I hop in the van. The van driver gives me an index card. And he said, God wanted me to give you this scripture. And oh, okay. Well, I threw it on the dash and off we go. And we get done with our first pickup. And now it was light. We left. It was dark. And now it was light. And I thought, oh. I wonder what that scripture was. And it was Psalm 32, verse 8, which is now my scripture. And it says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Amen. And up half the night about those very things, and I, and I asked the van driver, well, well, why did you give me this? And he said, well, God woke me. I said, stop. What do you mean God woke you up? He goes, look, I, I sleep through the night. I never even get up to use the restroom. But I woke up about 1.30, and I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was to write this scripture down and give it to you this morning. And I explained to him what I had just told all of you out there in Sacramento. And, and uh, we didn't say anything. We just drove on. But I knew... I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God had used one of his people, one of his children, right. to bring his word to another knucklehead child of his that was about to make a big mistake. And from that point on, the poor teachers there at the mission, <laughs> the poor counselors, because I was every class, well, why does it say this? And what does that mean? And I was just, uh, I, I, I was probably there to, to give them patience. <laughs> anyway, that's how I came to the mission, and uh, I've been there ever since. Uh, thank you, God. I've been there ever since. Amen, and he has been. And you know what? I've never heard the voice of God, but certainly I know that God speaks sometimes because you, you will have a thought like the van driver had that is inescapable. And you, you know that it's intended for somebody or you know you need to talk to somebody about whatever it is, and and you cannot escape it, even if you want to. Well, I don't. I don't really want to do that. But you know. But, but you, you know, know you you really need to, and so. Um, I am of course grateful that all those years ago the van driver did that because it would have been a huge mistake. That's why, and I've talked about it on the show before that, I uh. I like the words of a song that's in in the middle of it, and I don't even remember the song, excepting that one of them, one of the lines is "God bless the broken road that brought me here to you." And you know, it is often, it always, I guess, a broken road that brings us to Christ. Well, it, it's amazing what God can do yeah. with a person that's been down that broken. Road. I, I was homeless for years and years and, and a drug addict, and God saw fit to clean me up and give me a job at a homeless shelter <laughs> with a drug and alcohol rehab program. So he took all the crud 
of my life yep, and turned around and used it for his good purpose. It, it just, I, I, I'm just deeply amazed at some of the things that I've seen at the mission and, and how God uses little things to get his point across or to get his work done. Oh, yeah. it, it's God, it's like you say, you, you hear that still small voice and you know, you know that God's in this somewhere. You know, I just, <clears throat> I, I still serve as pastor of a small church that, you know, even small churches need pastors, and I don't need to make any money from the church, so. Uh, you never have. You've refused it. Well, uh, there was a time when I was bivocational. The church paid me, but, mm. but uh, I haven't for years, and I love the people out there, but. What I was going to say is that uh, God directs our paths. He brings us where he wants us to be. He brought me to the mission, and I'm grateful that he did. And, so am I. <laughs> you know, that broken road, we look at a pastor, we look at a, somebody in the church, and we think, well, see, they're not like the rest of everybody. They, they've, they've really... They've really been nice and clean and bright and shiny. And the reality is that you can be in a penthouse and you can be rolling in money and you can even be doing uh, just not not doing anything particularly bad, but you're so far away from God that you're still bound and headed for hell. And sometimes it takes God, most of the time it seems like it takes God to Enter into your life, do something really, really dramatic to wake you up so that you can see. And, you know, without God's, the Bible tells us very clearly that you are saved by grace through faith and this not of yourself. And I think we tend to overlook the, that last part. Uh, not of yourself. Yes. Yeah. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Because you can't boast about your own salvation. You can't say, I was just smarter than the other guy, better than the other guy. Whatever the case is, you can't do that because those verses take it right away from you. Yes, they do. And yes. so uh, the only difference that sometimes a person who's doing drugs, alcohol, robbing banks, whatever they're doing is that they know they're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, And as sometimes people who grew up in a church are doing wrong, but they don't realize they are. They don't think they are. Um, so I wasn't the, either of those two guys. I was never the guy robbing the banks or doing any of those things, but I also wasn't the you know, nice, good Sunday school, grew up kind of kid either. Um, so, I, you, so you were a regular, regular human? <laughs> uh, pretty much. Oh. You know, and, and so... We have so many misconceptions about the faith. We have, so, we have the one side that thinks that you can work your way to heaven, and you can't work your way to heaven because nobody's been good enough. Then we have the other side that thinks they're so bad that they can't ever get the grace of God. And neither one of those positions is right. Uh, Paul, was he said he was the chief of sinners. Well, that was before I was born. But yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 
So it is, it is grateful that we all should be that God's mercy is brand new every day, right? Yeah, absolutely. You and, know, uh, the greatest uh, confidence that I can gain comes from the guy that was hanging on the cross with Christ there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he turned to the other, other guy and, and he said, look, we, we deserve to be here. But, but this man, speaking of Christ, has done no, no evil. Um, and, and he asked Christ, you know, remember me. Remember, and what did Christ do? He uh, said, this day I shall see you in paradise. Yep, you'll be with me in paradise. So. And, <clears throat> and the reality is that that is the best guarantee that you've ever heard. When Christ himself looks at you and says, it's okay. Yeah. You, know? uh, what, you imagine what a feeling that really must have been for this man, because he obviously was a pretty bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cursed is any man who hangs, hangs on, on the, the tree. Cross. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, the, to hear those words from Christ, what a blessing. So uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I sometimes struggle like everybody does sure. with, uh, with, am I truly saved? Am I you sure. know, truly a child of God? But uh, I, I am. <laughs> well, I am. you are. And you know what? You articulated it. Uh, we had gone somewhere together with a a mutual friend and Mike was talking about that and they were explaining about once saved, always saved and, you know, which is an incorrect term, but I mean, it, it conveys the truth. If you were in Christ Jesus, you will never be lost. Uh, that is the confidence. But, um, and I realized what Michael was actually saying. It was not that he, it's not that his faith was that God might not be who he is. He never said that. But his, his lack of confidence was, have I really come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? And I think that we have to be very careful that the devil doesn't whisper in our ears, hey, you know what, what? What you're makes not, you? Yeah, you're not really saved. And me, you know what? When you read scripture that says, I believe, now cure my unbelief, <laughs> you can only understand those type of verses in the context of our humanity. So uh, there's been times in my life when, when I said, well, surely I have not believed unto salvation because... I, I've done this or I've done that. And remember this, folks. The minute that you step outside of the will of God and you decide that you're going to ignore his plan and you're going to sin and you are doing it, every time we do that, we think we know better. Uh, the minute you do that, you're not going to have a, a sense of security. We're down to just you know a half a minute or so. Would you like to say anything? And then I'd like to hold you over for another show, Michael. Um, well, all I can say is uh, I love you, Sacramento. Um, all of you. Uh, I work at the mission. I I uh, have been homeless. I see the homeless, the mentally ill, and and uh, I love them too. And I and I pray every morning that God helps me to uh, fulfill that love by the way I live and, and the things I do. And I, I, I echo that and tell you that uh, 
Some of you I might love a little better than others. <laughs> but until we meet again, as always, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916 447 3268. 916 447 3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.